0: Well, at this time, our elementary school kids are dismissed to their classes. Got a little bit lighter crew of kids this morning, since it is fall break for a lot of people. And we've got some folks, folks traveling this weekend. Well, let me say a prayer for us before we turn to our scripture reading this morning. Gracious God, we pray now as we open your word, Lord, that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear all that your spirit wants to speak to us this morning lord we pray that we receive your word with open hearts lord and that you would speak to us maybe a new word of who you are calling us to be we pray these things in christ's name amen and now a scripture reading from second peter chapter 1 verses 1 through 9 simon peter a servant and apostle of jesus christ to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, have received a faith as precious as ours. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption of the world caused by evil desires. For this reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, into self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, we're starting a new series this month that we are calling Faith Algebra. And we're going to be working through this particular passage from 2 Peter each week, focusing on some of these character qualities that Peter tells us that we need to add to our faith. Well, I was an English major and I just have to confess, math has never been my forte. So I was a little bit caught off guard. This year, my son is actually taking algebra when he came up to me and asked me, mom, can you help me with my math homework? Well, at about third grade, I tapped out on my skills and being able to help my children with math. So it's been kind of all downhill since then. And I think, you know, at one point I understood algebra, but all those brain cells have just kind of died off and I'm really absolutely no help to him. However, on top of that, many of you parents out there, maybe some of you teachers know that they don't even teach math the same way that they used to teach it. So it's like learning a complete foreign language when you're attempting to help your children. Well, Joe and I um, recently, we went and heard a comedian named Nate Bargatze down at the Fox Theater. Are any of you familiar with Nate Bargatze? One, one person. Okay, the rest of you, this is your takeaway from the sermon. If there's one thing you remember, go home and watch Nate Bargatze's Netflix special. And he is a clean comedian, and I promise you that laughter is good for the soul. The proverb says that a cheerful heart is good medicine, and you will love him. He is hysterical. But anyway, we saw this sketch the other day that he did on math and the new math and how kids are learning it. So I I thought I would show this to you to see if any of you can relate. I think we got a clip up here. We're doing Maybe some of you parents can relate to this scenario. Well, as I was thinking about the scripture passage that we have this morning, uh, maybe for some of you, as you read this list of virtues that Peter is telling us to add to your faith, you might have a similar reaction that you feel to the new math. Really? Aren't we saved by grace through faith? Do we really have to do all of this stuff? Isn't there a simpler and easier way? Can't we just live the life of faith? Does it really require this much effort, Peter? Well, Peter tells us this morning to make every effort to add to our faith goodness, and then to goodness, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. Some of this can feel like a bit of a tall order, can't it? However, he doesn't say, just make a little effort. Make a little effort when you feel like it, or just do the best he can. He says instead, make every effort. And my guess is, is when you hear that list of qualities, they are all things that we want to possess in our lives. We would love for these character qualities to flow in and through us to the people around us. And it can be a little bit more difficult to swallow the part that we need to make the effort in order for this to happen in our lives. However, it's very important to read Scripture in its full context, which is why it's so important that we read what came before this list of character qualities. Because Peter says an important phrase, for this reason make every effort. So what reason is he referring to? Which means we have to go back to those initial verses in 2 Peter. To, in order to get the foundation of why and how we are to then live into these character qualities. And it really is the key to unlocking what we are to be and how we are to become in the Christian life. Well, what is the reason? If you go back to the initial passage, it says the reason is because his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Peter gives us the secret. He says that the key to putting on these virtues described in this list is connected to acknowledging what God has given us. He has given His divine nature to us. And he says that God's divine power has given us everything we need. Do you believe that? Everything you need for navigating life. Everything you need for godliness, for becoming more like Christ. N.T. Wright says it's as if you've been given a starter kit for all that you need to become. Well, you guys may remember earlier in the pandemic when there seemed to be a shortage on everything, including toilet paper, Tylenol, things like thermometers, Our family went on a vacation to Montana, and I came down with a fever, which we all panicked and immediately thought I had COVID, which thankfully I did not. But Joe went on a wild goose chase on all these different pharmacies trying to find a thermometer, and we could not find one. Well, we came back to the house where we were staying with some family members, and sure enough, one of the cousins had brought a first aid kit with pretty much anything you could need, including a thermometer. Don't you love people like that in your life that just are always prepared for any situation you face? Well, better than any first aid kit we could need, Peter is telling us that God's divine power has equipped us, that everything you're going to need in life, God has given you. And it starts by saying he's given us everything we need for life, which means that God has equipped us with resources, for whatever challenges we'll encounter, the hills and valleys of our lives, everything you will need when we encounter health challenges, seasons of unemployment, an unexpected tragedy, disappointments that we didn't see coming, relational strains, stress at work or at school, and the list could go on and on, couldn't it? So I need to ask you, do you believe that God's divine power has given you everything you need to navigate your life. Because if you let that truth truly sink into your heart and your mind, it'll change you. Because there's no need to panic if God's divine power has given you everything you need. Yes, there might be times where you're disappointed or discouraged. You might even feel scared at times. But we can rest assured that God's power is going to be at work in our lives, even when we can't see it and we can't feel it, and always when we need it. You've been given this power for every situation you will ever face. And I love what the, the Apostle Paul says in another passage, that God's power is often perfected in our weakness. It's often when we feel the most weak that, in fact, His power becomes most activated in our lives, isn't it? So let me ask you today, where do you need to be reminded that God's divine power is at work in your life? Well, the second thing that Peter tells us is that God's divine power has given us everything we need for godliness, which includes that list of godly characteristics that we just went through this morning. And if God's power is working through us, this is then what allows us to begin to add to these virtues, which actually gives us the ability to exert the effort to add these virtues to our lives. Paul says in the book of Philippians, he emphasizes the same truth. He says, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. We don't make effort by muscling up, by striving, by trying to um, prove ourselves, but rather we access the strength that God provides, by, which actually gives us even the effort to add to our faith goodness. And this can be a difficult concept for us to grasp because we're so used to effort being associated somehow with proving ourselves, with um, defining our worth, or even with earning things. We're usually trying, when we're showing effort of some sort, we're trying to gain a reward or status, or maybe even somebody else's approval. But in the realm of faith, the effort is completely divorced from this concept of earning. We don't ever earn God's favor by our effort. We do not earn our salvation by our good works, or how hard we try to put on virtues. The gift of salvation is always a free gift, granted to us by grace through faith, and our effort instead is always a response to receiving that gift. I love what Dallas Willard says in his book, The Great Emission*. He says this, grace is not opposed to effort, it's opposed to earning. Earning is an attitude, but effort is an action. Being saved by grace doesn't mean we don't do anything after that we are saved. It simply means that there's no place for thinking that you are earning your salvation by the things that you do. However, our effort, which is supplied by the strength God provides, is always an appropriate response to this gift that we've received. I was listening to one of my favorite scripture meditations called Pray As You Go the other day and something that was said just really spoke to me about the same concept. And they said this, this is one of the core principles of the Christian faith, one which we find so difficult to accept. We are saved by God's free gift. What we do will then confirm that we have really got a hold of God's love. Maybe another way of saying this is that our effort will confirm that we have really grasped God's love in our lives. When you know how loved you are by God, the natural response is to respond to that love, back to God who has completely accepted us unconditionally. So how do we start? How do we get started to grow in the life of faith? How do we prevent falling into that trap of striving to prove ourselves or feeling like there's one more thing we have to do to be good enough? Well, I have a couple of suggestions as we get started in living into this challenge of adding to our faith these virtues. And the first and most obvious one is this, is to start and end with prayer. If even the effort is supplied to us through God's divine power, we have to access it by our connection with the Lord, by asking him to supply us with even the desire and the will to grow. Maybe you could start your day with praying something like this, Lord, let me live by your spirit today. Let your goodness flow through me. Give me the heart and the desire to live out your goodness today. And after we pray, the second thing we do is we practice. We just get started trying on these character traits that Peter describes. And today, the first one we're going to talk about is goodness. And this Greek word for goodness simply just means moral virtue. Any good virtue in your life that God supplies you. Sometimes we think about the fruit of God's Spirit from the chapter of Galatians. But what sort of virtues do you want to display more of in your life? Developing virtue, so often we think we just want to instantly become more patient, more kind in these different things, but growing in virtue, it's a lifelong pursuit of staying and keeping in step with God's Spirit. And so we practice. We fix our eyes on Jesus, and we strive with all of our being to become more like the one that we are focusing on. There's a story about a South African golfer named Gary Player, who one of his critics said that he was simply lucky. Well, his response to him was to say, Yes, I've noticed the harder I practice, the luckier I get. And just like any worthwhile pursuit in our lives, we practice what's important to us, don't we? My kids are at the age where they've started to grasp this. When Ellie first started playing the piano, I had to tell her daily it's time to practice and she was not excited about it. At some point in her life she decided she wanted to play the violin instead and I've never had to tell her to practice a day in her life. She has grasped the joy of playing music and she loves to practice. She wants to grow, in the practice that she enjoys. My son Connor, similarly, I can remember time and time again, Joe inviting him out to throw the ball or get some reps out in our batting cage. Now, Connor will sometimes set that alarm early before school, and I'll be hearing that ping of that baseball out in the batting cage without being asked. Why? Because it's important to them. It's something that they love. It's a passion that they want to pursue, and they want to grow in it. And my guess is you have things in your own lives. Maybe it's a hobby. Maybe it's something that you do in your profession that you have to practice at, that you have to work at. Many of us, even in our most important relationships in our lives, we put effort into the people and the relationships that we love. And this doesn't feel taxing or burdensome when it's something that your heart is in, does it? But it still requires effort. As the things that we want to grow in, we need to practice and put our best effort toward. And so the same is true in our spiritual lives. We so often want to think, God, I've received God's grace and now I'm transformed. But transformation requires both us receiving this gift that we've been given and then prayerfully putting into practice the things that we are learning growing one step at a time. So what virtue do you want to put on? Each week in this series, we're going to focus on some new ones that will challenge us to make every effort to incorporate them into our lives. But let me give you one caveat. Let's not make the mistake of immediately associating effort with always doing more. Pam gave a wonderful sermon last week about how so often we have this this thing of that we have to do these things in the spiritual life, and she challenged us to take the new perspective of instead of, I have to do this, I get to do this. And so instead of us thinking, "I, I have to do one more thing, what if we instead say, how can I become more like Christ each day? And the, the truth is, it may not, exerting the effort may not always mean adding one more thing to do. Maybe it will even mean taking something away. Maybe it's taking something off your to-do list so that you can be more patient and present with the people around you. Maybe it means saying no to something so that you can be, say yes to becoming more of the person that God intends you to be. Maybe making every effort to display goodness in your life might mean slowing down, giving yourself some extra grace and space to connect with God so that his life can begin to flow through you. So as we pray, as we try on these virtues, we may even make some mistakes and need to course correct and ask for forgiveness along the way reminding ourselves that we need to rely on God's strength to supply the effort that truly leads to transformation in our lives. We've been given this promise. God's divine power has given us everything we need for life and for godliness. So let's lean into this power as a community as we seek to become the people that God has created us to be. Will you pray with me? Gracious God, we thank you for the gift of our salvation that you freely have given us and poured out to us by your Spirit. Lord, we pray that the response to that love that you have given us would lead us in turn to love you back, Lord, to become the people that you have called us to be. And so, Lord, I pray that even this week that we may find some moments to, um, Lord, demonstrate your goodness to the people around us, Lord so that they too can taste and see um, just a bit of the God who loved them, Lord, and gave his life for them. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.